Hello and welcome to the Hitman's Last Great Year, a Smack Attic podcast project. We are talking about Bret Hart's final year in the World Wrestling Federation, which is roughly the year 1997. I am your host, Matt Vaughn, and my guest co-host, I have one of these every week. Uh, and this time, this gentleman is uh, my brother, my actual brother, not like a, a friend. Uh, Will Vaughn is here. Will, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good, brother. Uh, I'm all ready to talk about um, a lot of great wrestling uh, this week in the world, the World Wrestling Federation, the fallout map from San Antonio and the Royal Rumble. I don't know if you heard, but there were 60,000 fans jam-packed that Alamo Dome, Matt. Every one of them paid top dollar for their ticket. Full price. Absolutely. To a man, to they a had, woman, to a child. Through the, through the, George and Adam <laughs> were did both you know, there. Now, Will, okay, you haven't heard last week's episode yet, but George and Adam get to, they, they tell about how George and Adam get thrown out uh, before the show actually starts. That's the the payoff to that whole series is that security, they would like went to go payoff. somewhere and security to- tossed them out. Um, I was going to uh, say that's what they should have done. Okay, yeah. That's, that's they did it. They did it. Allie for his, his stupid comedy. And oh, Vince, man. Vince is like, he's like, oh, we've been told they've been thrown out. And Lawler's like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. And Vince is like, I don't find it particularly funny at all. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Curtis good that he's like, he's man. Uh, man. I, I love it. I didn't know that was his first name, but it's true. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about the Monday Night Raw from January twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, this was live. We're in an era where Raw is often uh, taped. This is a live show. It is. Um, there's a second show they're taping after this, though. And we are in the Montaigne Center in Beaumont, Texas. Beautiful Beaumont, Texas. And uh, the barn's about <laughs> the barn's about half full. We got forty eight hundred people in the ten thousand seat barn. So uh, yeah, that's uh, you know arenas are sometimes called barns. I don't know. I guess it's dating back to when you would. That's barns. When, yeah, when like Lincoln was like throwing it down for the <laughs> exactly. for the uh, wrestling horses. He was in the AWA, of course. He wrestled for their welterweight uh, championship. Of if, I don't know if you've heard like something I want to encourage people. Yeah, what? He had the four score and twenty four seven title. Beautiful. <laughs> Flaws. He deserves it. You deserve it, <laughs> Janet. Will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's true. I encourage anybody. Um, I want to pick, for example, Harley Racer Dusty Rhodes. Pick Dusty Rhodes. Go to cagematch.net and pick. Click on his titles. Because there are so many great 70s NWA titles. Because every territory had one. And it's like, oh, yes, he was the Southwest Texas Brass Knuckles champion. And you're like, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's eight towns where he is essentially the hardcore champion. And it's like, ah, oh, that rules. I just love knowing that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, that is great, man. So, Will, you watch the Royal Rumble, the, where everybody paid full price for it. I, I paid, yeah, and I paid full price on the network, I know I only I get it every month, uh, but I decided to reach out to, uh, through my satellite and cable provider to see if I could pay extra, and uh, turns out I could not. Now, my Never biggest takeaway from the Royal Rumble, Matt, was who the hell was whistling during Sean and Sid? It was unbelievable. It There's ruins, one microphone. It and ruins someone... the night. <laughs> Whoever it is, they're sitting right next to this mic, and they are doing the, like, just below, I mean, our mother's very talented whistler, I'd say, and, and she's able to sure. do the, I can't do the fingers in the mouth whistle. This person, man, woman, child, whoever they may be, first of all, I hope they pay for their ticket. Second of all, ruined the show. It's unbelievable. One person <laughs> out of 60,000 ruined the show. Um, oh, man. But, uh, 
Yeah, the Royal Rumble was uh, was fun. I mean, there's something I noticed at the end, Matt, uh, when with regards to who uh, actually does get a shot at Shawn Michaels' championship at WrestleMania 13. As you like to say, a match that will definitely happen. Um, yep. It, someone got screwed in this decision from Monsoon. I think that should have been part of the story, but we'll get to it when we get to it. You're talking about fake Diesel. I'm talking about real Glenn Jacobs. He got screwed no, okay. real bad. <laughs> he was properly eliminated by a real guy, though. Bret Hart was legally allowed in, and he got dumped out. I, well, I'll be honest with you. I had this thought. because I was, it was I, a final I figured five. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a final four. Yeah, well, because yeah. he's the third guy out. He's he's the third to last guy who gets who gets gets out. He's actually the he last is. guy out. Um, is he? Yes, yeah, they play yeah. faster with those roles. But, but yeah, we're talking <laughs> about the, we're talking about the, the fallout from the Royal Rumble. Let's talk about it. Last week's episode of this podcast covered Royal Rumble 1997. Bret Hart tossed out the last person in the Royal Rumble, but he didn't win because Stone Cold Steve Austin is a damn cheater. And the Texas Rattlesnake had his arm raised that night, ostensibly to, as Will said, face Shawn Michaels. At WrestleMania 13. I know you're thinking, wait yeah. a second, they faced each other at WrestleMania 14. Did they delay the title match a year? No. There is a lot of nonsense that's <laughs> about built, to happen. Like, just a really messy, messy stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're doing, yeah, they're doing the rock scene, rock scene thing where they announce it one year, and they wait a whole year, and they come back to it. Yep. Yeah, uh, a, a historically messy situation is, is to unfold in the next little while. Oh, Shawn Michaels. Big time. By the way, he's the head of NXT uh, now. Did you know that? Well, I mean, hopefully at the same time of uh, recording, he still will be. I mean, it's, you know, we were talking, this is February 2023 they were recording this for. Unless he loses something, you know. His, oh, a smile. He loses his, his heart this time. He's like, I don't have the heart for it anymore. Um, yeah, I'm excited like, to talk uh, about him just crying in front of the crowowd there. That'd be great if Brett mm-hmm. came in and ran NXT. They could just stampede. NXT stampede. Uh, also at Royal Rumble 97, Shawn Michaels super kicked his way past Psycho Sid to recapture the WWF Championship in front of his hometown fans. It was a big night to be Shawn Michaels, and he was. And he was. <laughs> and he was. Also, Will, we have a bonus match to talk about after this show. We sure uh, we're talking we, you know, on episodes of this podcast where Bret Hart does not have a match. We're still talking about a Bret Hart match because we're talking about Bret Hart versus British Bulldog from In Your House Seasons Beatings in 1995. <laughs> what a name for a show, Seasons Beatings. Think- Excited to talk about it. I think on the network it's still like in your house number six or something within the season speedings because if you if you check it on the network the first six or seven in your houses are just you know named like UFC pay per views like in your house two right uh, and then they started making these subtitles kind of more prominent the worst one is cold day in in your house hell no, it says it, that it's cold day in your house in hell that that's what the that's what if you look at the logo for that event. That's what it looks like. Cold day in your house in hell. Got it. Sloppy, sloppy. I, I, yeah. But they come I up with it. some good ones uh, this year. Bad blood. It's a good one. Two two D's on the on it's the bad. I'd say you know they're serious. It's true. Yeah, it is funny to think that just in the next two years, from you know beginning of ninety seven to end of ninety eight, they name a bunch of stuff. Unforgiven. That's a pay per view name for a long time, right? All these things that uh, are happening. I mean, rock bottom happens every year. It should actually, if you think about it. Uh, but well, fortunately, it does not. So, Will, let's talk about what the good folks in beautiful Beaumont, Texas, saw uh, before the show. And this is the first episode of a two-taping night. And so, of course, there are eight dark matches. Uh, what are they doing as, to as these always. people? What are they doing to these people? They're assaulting <laughs> They're doing with two wrestling. full raws before they do an episode. <laughs> Why? Why? They're, they're beating like them they're, down with entertainment. <laughs> it's too they're much. doing, like, honestly, th- this is the parenting approach to programming a wrestling card where you're trying to tucker them out. 
This, you, sometimes you're, you're just kind of like, <laughs> That's what you want this is a Saturday where you're like, all right, kids, we're going to the park. Uh, then we're going to go to the beach. We're going to run around. And there's going to be like a nap that you guys like absolutely just crash into. And then you're going to go to, you're going to be in bed asleep on the pillow 545 <laughs> tonight. You're to sleep all night. They're, so they're, this is the parenting approach. They're tuckering us out. As soon as that second hour main event takes place, everyone in Beaumont, Texas just, just you know, just lays down on the ground. Just like we're doing. <laughs> and they're dr- I mean, I assume there's maybe some beers go- at least going on. So I think they're also a little beer sleepy, too. So that would be a bit of an issue. Beer so, yeah, let's, let's, go th- let's go through it. Ahmed Johnson defeated Crush by disqualification. I have to imagine that perhaps the Nation of Domination got involved. Maybe there was a beatdown. Who's to say? I Did think we're Pearl River <laughs> plunge D'Lo Brown on top of a cab outside or on top of a limo? Oh man, he did recently. Happened recently. Yeah, he's there. Leaf Cassidy defeated Al Jackson, that is the father of the <laughs> Bucks. To be clear, is he actually? No. <laughs> I think Didn't I think the father of the Young Bucks is like a pastor or something. Yeah, and he's like a really. I think he's one of those dudes who just dresses way too young for who he is. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's there are certain expectations in certain kinds of churches that you. You know, you wear a you wear a blazer and then the deepest V neck you have, even if you were deep in your sixties. That's the thing people do. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Mark Merrow defeated someone. We don't have data on that for some reason. It's weird to me that one match we don't have data on. And it's like, what makes that more important than say uh, Rocky Maivia defeating Rod Price, which is the next match? Rod Price wrestled in the ECW. Price. Oh, Rod did he? Price. Yeah, I don't know what Rod Price is, but. The, the, how much a rod costs, I guess. Uh, Mascarita Sagrada Jr. defeated Mini Mankind. This is a minis match where uh, small people, little people, uh, face each other. Uh, we'll see more of them. We'll be televised as well. Also, Latin Lover defeated Piroth because, man, Will, all those AAA guys shine so brightly the pay-per-view. Everyone cared about them. You got to keep them around, you know? <sighs> Boy. That was just... <laughs> That's just... Yeah, we got to give these guys a six-man tag. That was the, the pee break of the night right there. Bret Hart defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley by countout. He did not capture the Intercontinental Championship from Triple H. Darn. And then Shawn Michaels defeated Vader to retain his WWF <coughs> championship. And this oh, is wow. his favorite dance. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, we will never see Shawn Michaels defend the WWF championship during this run or on this podcast, which is a curious thing. But he doesn't defend it. Mm. Okay. He won't do it. Also weird because I thought when I'm watching this, um, I'm like, oh, he because because here's the thing, guys. Shawn Michaels is not on Raw at all, and so in my mind, I'm like, ah, yes, Shawn Michaels had the flu at Royal Rumble last night. He wrestled sick, and I'm like, oh, well, he probably he took, he, they, you know he's probably sick. He took the day off. He had this, this huge match. Game. Huge, they they needed it, and then but of course I forget that earlier I look it up and I'm like, right, he wrestled that night just not on Raw. He's not even there, not even there for an interview. Strange choice. A, a choice that I cannot defend because I don't understand what happened. I, I, I can't explain it either. It makes no sense. If he's going to be there, he might as well be on TV doing something right. instead of just doing a match for the people there. So, Will, let's talk about a show that happened roughly 26 years ago last month. Monday Night Raw, January 20th, 1997. We begin by being told the World Wrestling Federation is a revolutionary force in sports entertainment for over <laughs> 50 years. For over fifty years, I like that. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna nail that impression. Fifty years. For over fifty years, the big man's been buying people out of their territories, and it worked out great. And it worked out great. Uh, Not right now, but it <laughs> will eventually. <laughs> Give it a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Give it a couple months. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Sorry, Vince, Vince excitedly tells no, us the Raw Vince. Rumble was f- f- front page news. And we see the front page of the San Antonio Express News, which features the headline, Rock Sock day. Rumble Shakes the Dome. <laughs> I, I, I hate when my rock sock rumble shakes my dome, but it happens sometimes. I, I right also after that, if, three dead and homicide uh, <laughs> on the river walk. Three, three dead and homicide in parking lot of Alamo Dome. Oh, no. <laughs> Wanted yeah. man uh, appears to be a hillbilly named Jim. Uh, the picture don't, they don't use. Don't It's true. Actually, sorry, to be, clear, to be clear also, if you're a journalist in San Antonio, Texas in January 1997, just wait for rocks and socks in wrestling. Just give yourself about two years, two and a half years. You're going to love the connections of rocks and socks that oh, you used man. in your headline. Uh, I also like the paper uses a picture of Goldust and Triple H from the first match, presumably because the photographer came, took a picture, and got the hell out of there. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. That's <laughs> why he would do that. <laughs> like, why not? Why, why wouldn't you spring for the picture of Shawn Michaels winning? That's the whole. That's the whole piece of business here, isn't it? Strange, 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 uh, strange, just strange choices. Yeah, we see footage from the Rumble last night, mostly just how big the crowd was. And we get to see the classic, uh, it's the pay-per-view, but it's only in photos. So they love doing that where it's like, it's, well, it, it kind of seems like a, it's it's like a documentary, right? It's like kind of like a Ken Burns style thing where it's like Shawn Michaels and it zooms in on, and we have, you know, it's like the Dust Bowl or something. And or you, Even you take it to a jazz age. more of an extreme in later years. It was just like, they show like a bit of like, you know, someone running up to do a spear, and then like, then they this freeze frame on him almost hitting, but they play the audio like, "Oh, what a devastating spear! One, two, three, we have a champion!" And it's just a still frame of them on the ropes, like. It is a choice that they make that is inscrutable if you don't know the minutia of wrestling contracts and deals and pay per view how that works. Otherwise, it's like, why not just show us? Why are you doing that? It's a talent done uh. show, and these. Uh, 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 it, it's in something that we'll see later on in the show, but they used to just like tell you what's happening. They used to be like, last night, Brett Hart, right. yeah, that's right, man. And then he did it, and then he did And then I don't know, Todd Pennegill will be there. I mean, when he did the, the SummerSlam report, he's like, last night, Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Bret Hart, he just tells you what happened. You're like, awesome. Oh, I love it. I, I do. There's so much of the stuff that I love, even if it's if, if it's stupid. That's kind of what wrestling is, though, I guess. Wrestling uh, is extremely all, stupid. We love everything about it. That's true. Uh, we're told that the WWF president, Gorilla Monsoon, will be here to tell us who Shawn Michaels is facing at WrestleMania because the Royal Rumble had a different winner declared than the video shows. That is that uh, Austin had his arm raised in victory, but Brett clearly won. And when I say with the video shows, they kind of make a point of being like, if you play it back, it's pretty clear what happens. Austin clearly gets eliminated. He comes back in, wreaks some havoc, and leaves. And there's a whole question of, like, video replay and stuff like that, which doesn't, you know, they, they only sort of address it. Well, he arrives, he raises hell, and he leaves. That's it. Uh, takes people to Suplex City. Uh, and we get the raw intro video. Uh, which is always fun with the, with the little horns and stuff in there. And it rules. <laughs> that song's awesome. We come back. We're told by Vince, JR, and Jerry Lawler at ringside that tonight we've got Austin versus Undertaker in the main event, which is supposed to be Austin versus Sid, but Sid has, quote, a concussion. Always funny when they openly talk about concussions back at a time where they kind of understand them but don't understand the severity of them, I guess, the terrible way of describing that. And I bet Sid will uh, be out for weeks and weeks and weeks. He'll never be about. Yeah, exactly. He's just <laughs> taking it very carefully. He's in the blue tent. There's a blue tent at ringside, of course. They have people under there. They uh, 
Yeah, that's why so they have the blue, wave, the blue ring skirt. They just put them under the ring while people are bumping right above them. <laughs> That'd be great. We just drag him under the ring like it's some horror movie thing, dragging a guy back to like some sort of cave. I like that as well. Yeah, like idea. Undertaker dragging Diesel into the ring from the cage. Hey, Will, we're going to talk. That, that's going to come up on this podcast. So don't spoil this for a bonus match in future months. <laughs> uh, also, this match, Austin versus Sid, that was supposed to happen was this convoluted thing where they said. The winner of the Royal Rumble is going to face the loser of the WWF title match. Yeah, why? Like, why did he say that? That's such weird verbiage. That's true, though. That's what they wanted to do. Last week, they said exactly that. They said the winner of the Royal Rumble match the Rumble. on Sunday yeah. will yeah, face the loser, that. the person who loses the title match, which is funny because, okay, if the person who wins the Rumble wins, okay, great. Then all the more reason why they should be the main event of WrestleMania. If they lose, then it's confusing because it's like, well, he lost the title match, but he beat the guy who's never a contender. Yeah. Obviously, there's like some, you know, we, we treat the Royal Rumble sacredly, except for Stone Cold, of course. That who oh, that guy. Um, I still kind of have a little bit of resentment toward him. Like, I've ever seen him in person. I'll be like, I don't know if I'll ever fully forgive you for Royal Rumble 97. <laughs> like, I'm always, there's been times in my life where I've watched wrestling and I've been like, ah, we got to kick his ass, see mask kind of thing. You know, I get excited about that. But, um, yeah, part of me still, I can't, still can't forgive. It's a character flaw. I realize that it's not right for me to treat him that way and to think that way. But it is how I think. It's one of those things. I think if they did it today with, like, I don't know, for example, Austin Theory uh, did that. You know, he got eliminated, and, and uh, but people didn't see it, so he comes back in and he eliminates, like, Sami Zayn or something. <laughs> and people, oh, yeah. yeah, people burn the place down. I, I do it again, right? Like, I kind of think this is, like... Uh, run it unless, back. I, I, run, <clears throat> run it back. There's, there's times where, like, there should be somebody on creative who's going back and watching wrestling from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and everything like that, and just making notes to say, we should steal this again, this again, this again, this again. Uh, you know, I always think about how Cody Rhodes talks about, I think Cody talked about this, with Dusty, where Dusty would just go watch movies and be like, he would just, come up, that's how he would come up with ideas for what to do. Uh, you know, he's he's watching Westerns and seeing guys come back, and I think that's where the Midnight Rider comes from. It's like, we got what sense of guys to cineplex, I mean, to the, to the multiplex. I mean, <laughs> I say, of course, my mind immediately goes to... Uh, like suddenly there's, a, there's an angle on on SmackDown. It's taken directly from Tree of Life, where it's like uh, they're, they're talking. There's like <laughs> it's these confusing vignettes where it's a man talking about his life growing up and how there's like a there's a dinosaur who forgives another one. He said, "But I won't forgive you. In fact, I'll say face you for SummerSlam." So like trying to think of the most arty, the most arty things possible. It's just like like this this feud is just like a, it's like breathless. This is, this is like the Seventh Seal. So many plays chess with this. Exactly, he's playing chess against the guy. <laughs> oh, it's been like to understand. You have to have both a, a subscription to Peacock or the WWE Network, <laughs> and you also have to have your Turner Classic movies, and like a good, yeah. and you have to be like in a big city where you can get like the uh, the art house pictures and everything. Like that. Oh yeah. gosh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Before, I mean, something I have to say also. In this intro, Jr. and Vince have suits with no collar on top, just a button. The most '90s look possible. It's great. They look like they're going to start wearing chains and do some R&B or something. Now, did JR just start wearing a cowboy hat at the Rumble because he was in Texas, and now he's just forced to wear it for the rest of his WWF career? <laughs> he's such a baby about it. Just wear it. You have a character now. That's cool. Uh, Let's he, be cool uh, with it. He also gets referred to as good old JR uh, tonight. Maybe for the first time, or maybe he has before. Maybe that's it's obvious. To me, that's obviously Vince taking the piss out of him for being uh, Southern, which is uh, obviously a terrible yeah. thing to be. Absolutely. If you're Southern and you're listening to this, just know we will take the no. Oh, no. You're great. I, if, if you write into the podcast, just tell me you're Southern and I will appreciate you more. 
I will presume you talk. I will presume you talk like uh, the fans who get interviewed whenever NWA shows do stuff in Charlotte or things like that yeah. back in the day. But, uh, yeah, okay, so Vince and the guys are talking. And then Bret Hart comes out. He's wearing a white Calgary Hitman T-shirt and no music, and he's mad. I love them. They, they frequently don't do the no music thing here. I think that's another thing they should bring back. Wrestlers are pissed off, and they're on their way to the ring. They're not telling the sound guy. They're just like, nope, I'm getting the microphone. Frig off. I'm making this work. Even if the wrestler uh, comes out and just stands on the stage for a second and then walks away just to distract people, they still have to play their whole bloody entrance. Oh, yeah, the pyro and everything. Um, yeah, so... He, my, Bret Hart, he gets in the ring, he grabs a mic to complain at Vince. He was promised a title shot. He got one in December, Shawn Michaels got involved. He was told, go into the Rumble, which is objectively unfair compared to getting a proper title shot. Uh, and Bret also says, you know, I figured, I, I won the Rumble, essentially, so where's my title shot? He says he's been screwed by Shawn Michaels, screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin, screwed by the World Wrestling Federation, and screwed by Vince. Yep. And this, it's always weird. I'm gonna, I'll probably say it every time. It's always weird to hear Bret Hart openly say, I got screwed by Shawn Michaels, Vince, and the World Wrestling Federation in January 1997. It's like, yeah. it could not be more art imitating life. It's just We're dismissing uh, Earl Hebner for the uh, trifecta. Yeah, exactly. Or quadrifecta. Uh, <laughs> JR's be like, that's a referee, of course. Kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Earl would love that. He's done really uh, official. So Brett says he is, you know, he essentially says he's skeptical that he'll get a shot at WrestleMania, so he quits. So I guess we have to, we have to shut down the podcast. Bret Hart's gone. He's gone yeah, for good. Yeah, this is the the end, and it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I've, I've quite enjoyed it. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Just kidding. Okay, so Bret Hart quits, and then he get, then he goes to leave through the crowd, and Vince approaches him to talk. Uh, Bret just blows a kiss at him while holding the world championship. Oh, sorry, that's CM Punk. Uh, he just he just leaves. Bret actually just leaves. Brett says he's um, old, he's tired, he works with children. <laughs> he's eating a muffin. Yeah. Uh, these ref- are these still ref- Okay, well, here, just, here's a question. Do you think CM Punk is, still has an AEW contract by the time this comes out? No. Or is it bought out and is he on his way? I can say it's, he's probably bought out and he's on his way. He's probably bought out. Has he debuted in WWE again? <laughs> Royal Rumble, he came out, yeah. Oh man! Anyway, we're we're banging some episodes, folks. We're, we can talk about shows from twenty six years ago, and we'll also just make super current references. Although, you know, All Out is not exactly a current reference, I would argue now, but uh, it's still very worth making. Uh, so yeah, Vince approaches Brett to talk. Brett just leaves, and this the crowd is chanting, "We want Brett." I always get a kick out of that. That in Texas, even in the Alamo Dome, Brett got a huge reaction. Um, Brett's oh. just walking every. Every other week, he's going to be like, you know who sucks ass? Shawn Michaels. And, every, yeah. and, and the Texans are like, we still love you. We're like, Shawn, man. You can't get in, like, dance around out here like a, like a pretty boy for for the fans. I'm still a guy who is a role model to kids. Not out here. Yeah, like... The impression is getting so good. I'm I'm imagining his little head movements and the hair dangling as he says it. Well, Will's, Will's crushing it here, folks. No. Um. So well. yeah, Brett leaves. The camera follows him out. Uh. But then another music that's entrance is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He grabs a mic. He starts talking <laughs> to it. Doesn't work. So Steve Austin. Swipe- yes. Is this funny to me? Brett comes out. Uh. You know, t-shirt jeans. Steve Austin comes out. Now Steve Austin was ready to be compete tonight, but Steve Austin comes out. In a leather vest and black trunks, black knee pads, black boots, dressed like a wrestler. It's not weird to us, yep. but like anybody else watching this particular interaction, some guy says he got screwed by his job and he quits. Next guy comes in dressed like that, and it's perfectly 
It's okay. It's normal. Uh, we we understand this. It's fine. And Steve, yeah, Steve's got a microphone that doesn't work. And there's a great ad lib when he finally tries to get one that does work. Steve's <laughs> Steve's great here. He's so funny. It is great. You're and you get you feel the live show energy when he tells that sound guy. He says, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm gonna whip your ass. And the crowd loves it. Him saying and, whip your ass is he's the perfect guy to say it. I can't understand how the word ass just comes out of his mouth so uh, beautifully. It's it, he's he's like he's the like as Van Gogh was depending Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the word <laughs> ass, just saying. <laughs> he's the Van he's the Van Gogh of ass kicking. That's the thing. That's there. There's an indie wrestler for you there, by the way, folks. You'll the, be the Van Gogh of ass kicking. <laughs> he's got Come a little. You, you cover up your ear. You have a little wrap on there. People can work the ear <laughs> of your match, but you paint these beautiful pictures of this match. Uh, Austin says. After Bret Hart quits, he just cries and complains. And when the going gets tough, the hearts get going back home. Austin, Austin says the only person Bret can beat up is his wrinkled old man in his basement. Austin says, Sid, he has a yellow stripe down his back, concussion or not. And he says he's got some bananas and he's going to tell Gorilla Monsoon where to stick him. He says he threw Undertaker over the top rope last night. He doesn't care. Bring him out, too. He also drops the mic and harasses Howard Finkel, who's standing in the corner. Uh, uh, Steve Austin chose violence, Will. Steve Austin woke up and chose violence this day. Oh, man. He's just the best. It's so funny. We need more wrestlers who can do this. Well, the problem is not a lot can. Very, very, very we, you need to. Yeah. I want a guy to come out and be kind of like AJ Styles is a bitch. Uh, you know, just like just go through the whole thing, just like just rhyme off six guys. And so you're kind of like the backstage must be just exploding, ready to beat this guy up. Sorry, uh, and to be clear, I mean that in character on a wrestling show, not at a scrub <laughs> next to your boss. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm, real, just to be clear, what I'm advocating for here. Literally a real thing that happens at wrestling shows nowadays. Uh, he, I think uh, didn't Steve also called uh, Grill Monsoon a three hundred fifty pound buffoon? Called him something like that. This is just so disrespectful. Uh, I lo- he like he says all this stuff. Uh, anyway, Grill is going to come out later on, and I I just I, I love it. The, uh, there's a lot about this angle that I love, and I'm thankful we'll see more of it tonight. Um, this is a very entertaining Vince, show to me, and this angle right? is awesome. I like it a lot. Vince heads to the back. He heads to the back for reasons that are unclear, and Lawler is just excited about Brett quitting, and then Vince left. You know, he's he's in his element here. He loves it. And uh, Vince just for went the rest of the show, to, uh, yeah. to uh, tell the commentators what to say. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it right next to them. But I mean, yeah. it's we we get Jr. and Lawler here for us tonight. We get like you know a a, a sense of a pretty classic uh, wrestling duo who are not always a duo at this point, usually a trio, and we get them on and off for the next what would it be? Seven years, eight years. Yeah. I mean, you throw in Coachman and throw in, you know, you throw some people in there until they split up. And yeah, but uh, this is this is a, a a maybe the most famous commentary team of all time. Maybe you know, obviously Heenan and, and Monsoon. Cer- or certainly for Monday Jesse Night Raw. I, I listen to these two guys and I Flash think I'm show, watching yeah. Monday Night Raw. Like that's that's they're pretty iconic. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Iconic is the right word. And uh, we take an ad break. We come back. We're we're sponsored by Western Union. Uh, we're because cool. that's how you would work back then. Um, and uh, <laughs> we have our match here. Well, we have British Bulldog and Owen Hart. They're not defending their tag titles, but they're in a tag team match against Doug Furness and Philip Lafon. And yeah, this I'm, should be a title match. Yeah. These these guys beat them at the Survivor Series. Come they've beaten all sorts of competition. They faced, I think, they, you know, they faced Razor and uh, Diesel at some point. I think they did as well. And uh, Furness and Lafon weren't even in the Rumble. I was I was shocked by that. In retrospect, looking back, I was like, man. 
uh, for a time when the roster is thin, they have these two great guys who could have come in and done something, and you want to build up Furnace and LaFawn more than you want to build up uh, Cybernetico. No offense uh, to the man himself, but... Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we've got some action here. So we got uh, uh, LaFawn, he's flipping around Owen Hart, and he does this kind of throwing Northern Lake suplex on him. And the Jarrett and Lawler, are, they're, they're chalking up the chaos to start the show with this episode being live, so they're kind of open about it here. Well, Kane and, says, uh, uh, yeah, call your friends, tell them to set their VCRs. Like, the typical WWF hard sell at this point, which is like, please tell your friends to watch the show. Please, you know, look how good our Royal Rumble was. Look how good we did. Look how awesome we are. Please, we're the best. Please, please watch us. They're doing the hard sell, even though you and I kind of both agree this is a good show anyway. It's a good show to do the hard sell on. <clears throat> they picked a good night, yeah. Yeah. Uh, JR talks about how Vader is here, Taker is here, Austin is here. He's just, they, they all might be involved in decision who faces Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. It does also bring out the possibility that Gorilla Monsoon might just come out and be like, Vader will face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, You're going to get just, him right in the bread basket. <laughs> right in the kisser. Uh, I love it. Uh, Owen gets a heel kick on Furnace. He tags in British Bulldog. Furnace gets a Hurricane Rana on Bulldog for two. I see people talk about these guys being boring. These guys aren't boring. They do tons of fun stuff every single match. If you just watched a bunch of Furnace and Lafon matches on the WWE Network or on Peacock, you would have a good time. Ben Furnace is, is one of those freak athletes, too. JR talks about how, of course, he's from Oklahoma, so JR is a huge fan, but he's also a prolific powerlifter, and he's just an incredible at like the vertical leap on this guy. The very trademark of athleticism uh, is, uh, is, is really good. He's really unbelievable. I love that JR is like, the most into Oklahoma athletes, but he's like, but I won't wear a cowboy hat. That would make me solder. <laughs> you're like, dude, like nothing is more, you you could not be more Oklahoma. You're just like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't understand what you're trying to go for here, buddy. Um, grilling JR yeah. all of a sudden. Well, then JR says this, he says, Undertaker was fined his entire quote, Royal Rumble purse for chokeslamming an official after his match. I was shocked to hear that the purse, you know, what you get paid for winning or being involved in a match was mentioned on the card. And also the idea that The Undertaker is, of course, you know, he's, he's worried about his wallet, his back end here, you know, what's going to happen with that. And um, that's, that's important to him as a professional uh, who's also a dead guy. Yeah, the dead man is dead wife, dead kids to feed. Doesn't want to be a deadbeat. Come on. Does he have dead insurance, do you think, from uh, <laughs> from farmers like or, or stay, like a good neighbor? Stay farm isn't there for you, you dead man. Uh, Bulldog and Owen work together. They get Bulldog dropping down so Furnace can jump over him and then get hit by a missile dropkick from Owen coming off the top rope. So it's Whoa. this great spot. Looks like it really rocked him, too, because uh, Owen could have covered him right away, and they, like, didn't. You know, it's one of those moments where it's just like, let's give him a second to kind of get his wits about him. Well, I mean, it's like you drop down, and so Fur he's still going. Uh, and Furnace, and it's just, it's really crisp, but it is, it's maybe too crisp, as you say, Will, which is good. <laughs> maybe too crisp. We you go know, to the, commercial the, it's the opposite yeah. of didn't. It's the opposite of didn't quite get all of it. Oh, I got too much of it. <laughs> God. <laughs> you love to see that in wrestling. You're like, oh, oh, knocked it right the hell out. I got to get a little too much of that one there. Trying to pull Whoa. up a little bit, folks. Trying to put on an entertainment show for you here. Don't want to get too hurt. And don't want to do the show. I don't want to do the show again, but okay. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll want to reference uh, By the way, that could be referencing anything, uh, I just want yes. to say. But, I but you were referencing Hangman getting knocked out midair wow. on a recent episode of AEW Dynamite from back in the day. From back in the day, exactly. <clears throat> One of those rare AEW botches, but seriously, I hope he's okay. We go to a commercial. 
And Todd Pettengill urges us to buy an encore presentation of the Royal Rumble, which is running tomorrow night. <clears throat> Not the last time the WWF will throw all their cards in by trying to get you to watch the Royal Rumble. There's going to be a Raw in the next few weeks that they call a Royal Rumble Raw, and they do something they... Do you know about this, Will? No, <laughs> I, okay. I guess I'll find out about it. Real, real quick, uh, there's a Raw coming up in two weeks or... Yeah, anyway, maybe a week or two. Uh, it is in... Toronto. It's in the Sky Dome, actually, and originally it was not supposed to be Raw. It was supposed to be a house show, oh. and they went to the they went to USA and they're like, "We're gonna put, we're doing Royal Rumble Raw. We're gonna show you the Royal Rumble, so that we were telling you to buy the February in your house pay review that's based entirely on the end of that match. We want you to know what that is. So we're gonna put the Royal Rumble on cable, and then the pay per view companies were like, "Guess what? You're not doing." Yeah, you can't just. Yeah, do you that. you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? You can't just give yeah. away favorite. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, we'll um, uh, we're just we're just gonna uh, run a house show, I guess, and try and just try to make that work. And so it's it's a curious time because <clears throat> they are trying things. Imagine them now just being like, we're gonna forego doing a live raw and just show you the pay per view again. I'd watch it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, they had to do that a couple years ago because they had a, a, a snowstorm uh, the night after the Royal Rumble. And it was like basically a studio really? show that night. It was the one that. Um, oh wait, well that was one of the ones that Ro- Roman won, and uh, it was another one where people didn't like him winning it. it. Wasn't the first one he did, but then, and I think they actually showed. Well, this was a, a pandemic thing as well, but during twenty twenty when they were doing the Raws from the Performance Center without the Thunderdome, obviously, they showed right the Royal Rumble from twenty twenty. Uh, on the show, just you know, and I guess there's different right. rules because they have the network and all that kind of thing. That's what's so interesting about it. What you're talking about, Will, is I think uh, 2015. Okay, uh, so it was Roman's first one because that was the one he won in Philadelphia, yeah. and then people booed him, and then they went on to face Brock at, uh, at Levi Stadium. Okay, there you go. Uh, <clears throat> we come back from the ad uh, for the Royal Rumble Encore with Jr. promising that we. JR promises us that we will get two new episodes of La Femme Nikita. And JR references some controversy around Robin Hood last week. And I've got some information on this. Will is confused. Please. Will, I, I'm I'm so excited to tell you about this. Please this enlighten me, because JR is like, ain't no uh, weenie, skinny arm like Robin Hood. No. We ain't going to do a bait and switch, folks. He's, he's, he's um, you know, he's indignant about this. <laughs> he's, I, I love it. So La Femme Nikita is right after Raw. Robin Hood is right after Nitro. And I'm going to read to you. This is courtesy oh, of Scott Keith, our, our internet wrestling historian. Right <clears> which is funny because he was just some, just some guy. Uh, so quoting Scott guy. Keith. Yeah. Uh, Janu- in January 1997, WCW teased the fans by promising a Hogan Giant world title match on Ro- a Nitro one night. This night, not coincidentally, also featured the pilot episode of a new show on TNT, Robin Hood. <clears throat> Nitro continued as usual, with no title match until about five minutes before the scheduled time for Robin Hood, at which point the announcer suddenly declared they are out of time and couldn't show us the title match, but if you stayed tuned during Robin Hood, <clears throat> they would show us the match as it happened during the commercial breaks. And so WCW then proceeded to edit a five-minute match into four or five-minute long pieces that were given to the appearance of Hogan and Giant fighting for 45 minutes during the, during the commercial breaks. Fans instantly saw through the facade, and the feedback was immediate and overwhelmingly negative for such a tactic. Luckily, it has not been tried again. So, JR is saying, that was dumb and BS, and we will not do that again. I cannot find this show on IMDb, because there's a million bloody Robin Hoods. Yes, this would be the 1997 edition, right? This is the pilot episode for it. So, I have no idea who Robin Hood is in this one or not, but... 
But there you go. That is why <laughs> JR is salty about it. It's one of those things that makes sense in context, I guess. If you if you it's assuming the fans know Nitro well enough too, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things that Vince like, ah, say this, pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh so yeah, uh, so back to the action here. Owen gets his belly to belly suplex on Furnace, and JR says Owen could be a suplex machine. Oh, okay. Human oh, suplex yeah. machine. Oh, uh, Owen misses a headbutt, with allowing Furnace to tag in LaFon, who runs wild, and Owen breaks up a cover f- from LaFon, so Furnace comes in and just shoulder blocks Owen to death to get rid of him. Just absolutely pounds him with a shoulder block. It was great. And then Owen, since he was knocked outside the ring, he grabs his slammy, which is his, like, you know, kind of like a trophy, and he trips up LaFon, who's in the ring. He smacks him in the face with a slammy, with the referee not seeing anything. And then Bulldog hits a power slam on LaFon to pin him one, two, three. So the tag team champions, they retain their title uh, in a non-title matchup here. Uh, and uh, Lawler is excited about Bulldog and Owen winning, but more excited about Bret Hart quitting. So he feels good about that. <laughs> Lawler's very excited. I found out, by the way, this is called The New Adventures of Robin Hood. That was right. the name of the show. It went on for four seasons and 52 episodes. But then it was retooled and became the new adventures of old Christine. Uh, they have a character named, yes. They have a character named Big, Big John, of course. Uh, sorry, they have a character named Little John. And they have a character called Big John, who is hilariously played by Bork Davis. You get it? Big John. Christopher Lee is in the show as well. Okay, anyway, let's continue. Interesting. I mean, the uh, the big John, but he's smaller, and little John, but he's bigger. That's fully stolen in the Halloween Kills movie from twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, wherever that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they steal it there. I don't know if you remember that back in the day. Um, yeah, the, Jr. Then throws us some footage of Shawn Michaels' entrance at Royal Rumble last night, as if that's exciting. I don't. I don't know. It's not. It's not like a huge ovation. Uh, we really. It's just an opportunity again to hear uh, a woman whistling. Oh, that this is what reminded me of it. What a weird thing to show, too, Sean with his cowboy hat and his shirt full of mirrors. And just, like, it's just so weird to see this, like, heroic thing. And I just know Sean is not having fun. I don't know. Yeah, that that yeah. affects my opinion of this a little bit. It really does. You know, he, he's getting grabbed by the fans. Will, he, I know he hates it. That night, he actually remembers fondly. He was sick. But in, at least in the last couple of years, he talks about how that night was important for him. So that's a good thing. We know that in general, there's all sorts of things he's not having a good time with. And he looks back. I mean, this is also coming. This is a time where we recently had Shawn Michaels on tape saying that he's bald because he used to be a bad person. Uh, and so Will's referencing some of the times where he was bad. And I'm glad that you did that. Shawn appears to be aging rapidly. I will say that. I love it. He's just getting more fun looking, and it's great. And I love Sh- I love humbled older Sean being uh, an executive. It's very funny to me. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, next up, Farouk with the Nation of Domination going up against Bart Gunn. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I love about this is that Clarence Mason just left with Owen and B- British Bulldog, and he's back with the Nation of Domination. He is getting his steps in tonight. The uh, Fitbit is beeping. Is this about the time they realize they just kind of look at Clarence and they say, what exactly is it you say you do around here? Like, what is... He's, he's a Coming manager. Back. Like, again, it was like those like Survivor Series matches which would have, like, Heenan, the Slickster, and, like, Jimmy Hart, and Mr. Fuji, and, uh, you know, whoever, Sherry, <laughs> Elizabeth... That's All great. I love that. Managers on one team. Lou Albano, he's there. Oh, that's great. Promoting a book. Um, is this around the time that I think uh, this match, King says that Bill Clinton left the inauguration to watch Monday Night Raw. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it, it's it's literally it's the same day, uh, which is a funny thing to to be to be told there. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it's that, that's the history of it all, I guess. Uh, we see some footage of Ahmed Johnson putting a Nation of Domination member through the Spanish announce table at the Royal Rumble last night. He slings him down with a Pearl River plunge. I really wish it was uh, one of those rappers. <laughs> Who are clearly workers, by the way, I've realized in the last couple weeks. These guys, yeah, I know. They're actually guys. But, like, they're just, like, I don't know why I dislike them so much. They're just the weeniest guys, and they look and act so tough. And I don't think they are. And I just don't like them. I like to see them get beat up. It's enjoyable yeah. to me. That's wrestling. That's what it's that's also what it's the, about. the the rap is brutal. The rap sucks. Like it's very bad. Um, all, what also sucks is the guy who gets uh, Pearl River plunged through the announce table. One of the monitors like fully hits him in the head after it falls off the table. Well, that's why I, they clear these things off. And Ahmed Johnson all this stuff almost hit him in the head. Ahmed blew the spot. It was such a good replay until he falls down. I love it. I Ahmed. There's so much about like what's the deal with Ahmed? Is he just he's just super green, right? Like this whole time. I mean, I don't, can you call him green after as much time as he's had uh, doing his things? He's just, he's just not, a, he's, he is not a person who does well with uh, that kind of responsibility, <laughs> I guess you could say, for he's, somebody else. So you mean he's not a good wrestler because he's not the right guy what? to have someone else's uh, uh, safety in mind. Look, he had quite the outfit a couple weeks ago when he came out in a track jacket and stripy spandex pants. That was yoga pants. Yeah, he's wearing yoga pants. He's on his way to. He's got a celery juice. He's got his yoga pants. He's got the crop top. He's gonna do a couple of vinyasas. I'm sure uh, Ahmed Johnson is a real fan of the uh, you know Chaturanga Dandasana. He's really, really into that. Absolutely, I know he. He's told, he's actually said that in the oh, recently. Man. I mean, I, you can definitely tell he has. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> J- JR promises that Taker Austin will be the main event tonight, and you won't need to sit through Robin Hood to see it. I'll tell you that, JR says. That's why I here. Again, oh, nobody man. cares, but it's just funny to me. They're just so petty. They're just hot. <laughs> They're hot on it, man. So, uh, yeah, we take a commercial break. Oh. Uh, Bar- Barca gets a comeback going against Farouk because that's what's happening here in a match here. Uh, uh, Barca gets a bulldog for two, but a Nation of Domination guy puts Farouk's legs on the rope. Bart gets mad. He jumps outside. He knocks down a couple of guys. And the crowd is hot for him. They like it. They're into Bart Gunn here. They're a hot crowd in Beaumont, Texas. They really are. Like, usually people are dead quiet for all these Farouk matches, but they are white hot for Bart uh, because I guess they think he's from Texas. I don't know if he really is, though, is he? Um, But he he, he beats up those nation guys they don't like. Maybe I don't like them, too, because they don't have a name. They're just guys that are there. Yeah. There are a lot of anonymous members in the nation, although that will change going forward here. They're anonymous? Because they start to add some wrestlers and stuff there. Guy Fox masses. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. They're they're, they're threatening to hack you. They have a whole thing with Scientology. It's it's a whole whole thing there. Um, Yeah, Farouk comes off the apron, and he knocks Bart Gunn down. uh, And then... uh, Crush rolls Bart back into the ring. Farouk hits the Dominator. And he, and he gets the whip, but he barely, like, he almost hurts him with it, right? He almost kills him. Okay, I'm glad you felt that way, because, okay, Dominator is the thing where you kind of, you hold him in a gut wrench suplex, you lift him up like you're going to maybe, like, do a side powerbomb, and then you slap him down anyway. But, Will, describe, how, what, what made you concerned with Farouk's actions here? What is he, he supposed to stay you... standing when he tosses the guy down? Because he, like, basically falls forward, and Bart's head nearly misses like dropping the crown of his head on the mat and then falling like it could have been a really bad i mean i'm talking AEW level botch here it would have been really really awful um <laughs> oh god damn bro um but for fruit's been a little botchy i think in his matches wasn't it with uh who was it was it was it with savio where he just they're on the top rope and they just fall off outside <laughs> 
it was a Farouk match. I can tell you that much. The, 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 a, a spot you'd never see in wrestling where a guy, they're up there for a superplex. They just both fall over. It's the, it's the one spot you're afraid is going to happen every time a guy goes to the top rope. And you're like. And you, you hear Sunny's on commentary. She's like, oh. <laughs> you can see her fear in her voice or listen, hear the fear in her voice. Uh, so, yes, sunny. Bart almost gets dropped on his head. Farouk falls forward, whether that's the intention of that move or not. Mm-hmm. And he gets the win. Okay. Also, a big man should use the Dominator today if they can do it safely, because it's a cool move. I think it works as a big guy move. I guess it's kind of close to Biggie's big ending, isn't it? Kind of the same I don't. I think Biggie's big ending is kind of lame. He should use that. Use the Dominator. Just take no, it. Hard punch. Hard punch, dude. <sighs> heart punch. I, anytime they do the heart punch, I'm always kind of like, this is 1997. That's crazy. It just feels like that's, it might as well be the 1940s or something. It's absurd to me. We take a commercial break. When we come back, Vince McMahon is back, and he's in the ring with Gorilla Monsoon, the World Wrestling Federation's president. And he says he hopes Bret Hart is somewhere where he can hear and accept his invitation. And Gorilla Monsoon, he says, Austin me declare the winner of the Rumble is a travesty. He says, but the record books will say... Austin won the 1997 Royal Rumble. I want to take a look at the WWE record books, actually. Well, I mean, every time they talk about who wins that Rumble, they always say Austin won three, right? He wins 97, he wins 98, and he wins 2001. Oh, I know. I mean, I guess the record books, quote-unquote, are all online. You know, cagematch.net, I guess, is the keeper of the the flame there. But an actual record book, somebody with a big feathered quill, just like, let it be known on this day. I like that as an idea. It's good. Have a yeah, some sort of uh, the record oh, coterie. The, yeah, but then there'll be like a wrestler. There'll be the record keeper, and they'll come oh, out. Oh, that's and be good. Like, I'm oh, going he to... say, he's got he's got an inkwell. <laughs> he hit him with the inkwell. Oh, ref, you see, the, he's got so much ink on his face. Oh, this is a travesty. Just like Austin won the Royal Rumble, which is in the record books, <laughs> and the record keeper would know it as he gets the win against Spike Dudley. <laughs> Using the inkwell there. Two thousand three. Just, just stab a guy with the quill, too. You just stab a man. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's in the record books. But Gorilla says Stone Cold Steve Austin should not expect to face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And so Gorilla toots his own horror. He says, look, I put together a unique match. <laughs> and the winner of this four-man notice qualification elimination match will face the WWF champion at WrestleMania 13, whoever that is. The four participants are The Undertaker, who was illegally eliminated by Austin. Vader, also eliminated, illegally eliminated by Austin. Bret Hart, again, illegally eliminated by Austin. And Steve Austin, who was a cheater. And Fake I'm Diesel. Like, I, I only said the last part. Fake Diesel, who was there. He was one of the final five. No, he got, tossed, he, got, he got tossed out legitimately by Bret Hart. But so did Austin. So does Austin have a claim to be in this thing, or should it just be between Bret, Vader, and Undertaker? You know? Wasn't the final six in that match, too? Wasn't, like, uh, I think... Mankind and Terry were like in the final six or seven, right? Terry was like near ish to the end, like near enough. They're, By the way, how surprised were you when you just went backstage and was talking to Terry Funk? If I guess yes. if you didn't watch Shotgun Saturday Night the night before, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, Gorilla leaves the ring after announcing this four way match, but here comes Steve Austin. He's got no music again. <laughs> Austin grabs the mic. It's one of and my I love. Lines. I, See, I just love this because it's Austin being like kind of petty, kind of like kind of a baby. Like it just there's a lot about it that I really love. He grabs the mic and he says, "Well, look, Bret Hart quit, so how can we have a four way match of three guys?" <laughs> he says, "There's no replay rule in WWF." He says, "Gorilla is more like a jackass the way he he haws around ringside." <laughs> and Gorilla just stares at Austin, who's got this real look on his face. He's just kind of like, "I can't believe this guy is doing this." 
and so Austin, he gets into the, he gets out of the ring to face off with Monsoon, and then Vince gets in Austin's face here. Oh, shades of a little bit later. I don't know. That's not going to make any money. But then, coming through the crowd on the proverbial white horse in his white t-shirt, Bret Hart. Yeah, in his white his white t-shirt. He's Bret Hart the white. He's Bret, Bret Hart the pink. <laughs> he comes back at them now. The turn of the tide. Uh. It's it. Uh, he walks past Austin and all the chaos. He just gets in the ring and he just grabs the mic and says he accepts the match. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. And then JR is on the mic. He's saying he's desperately telling the people in the back to not go to commercial, which I love as a detail. <laughs> and Austin leaves and he's incensed. But Brett says, you know what? I'd like to get things started tonight. And so he and Austin have a pull-apart brawl in the aisle with officials and referees desperately trying to break them out. And Brett tosses Austin to the steel steps because then the officials aren't actually doing anything that great. Uh, and it's exciting. We have, you know, we have the, the matches set. We have this brawl happening here. And we take this commercial break during all this excitement that's happening. The same guys, officials pulling people apart. Again, I want to know who the guy is with the really fluffy, like, skullet. He's, I've wondered who, since I was a kid, who that guy was. I know it's not uh, Blackjack. I know, well, Blackjack Lanza had the mustache, right? Anyway. We can find this out. I'm actually confident we can. We will figure it out sometime. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's enough resources online to figure that out. Um, yeah, we the ad we get during the commercial break is that weird WWF full metal thing with Freddie Blassie watching a little kid dance. <sighs> still, still with this. It will not end. Ad. Man. <clears throat> we come back. Stone Cold Steve Austin's in the ring. Brett is at ringside surrounded by officials. And The Undertaker's music hits. And Undertaker walks down the aisle, but not as slowly as he usually does. And he walks up to Brett, who's, who's still in the aisle, <laughs> and he just starts punching him. And Brett and Taker exchange blows, uh, even with Undertaker's deep purple lighting in the aisle. Uh, and, and, and smoke on the water, of course. Uh, and Austin comes out. He attacks Taker with his back turned. Then Taker manages uh, Austin. And he tosses him into the steps and beats him at ringside before tossing him into the ring for the match. So Austin goes into the steps again. And we have our main event, Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. And it won't be affected by Robin Hood or two brand new episodes of <laughs> La Femme de Quita. So Taker gets the rope walk early on and the crowd is on their feet. They are hot tonight. And Vince on commentary is in full kiss ass mode. He is so grateful that Bret Hart is back. He's not quitting World Wrestling Federation. He's so grateful. He's so happy about it. Um, Lawler points out that Bret is still at the entrance. So there's, <laughs> there's still like some chaos going on here at ringside. Uh, and uh, Vince says the Undertaker's got broken ribs. Oh. And this leads to, this is weird. Okay. This is a, a, this is strange. Oh man! Uh, Vince says Taker's got broken ribs, and so Lawler starts yelling at Austin to tell him that info, which I thought was like kind of funny. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Some commentary. He's like, yeah, hey, go for the ribs, go for the ribs, his ribs. <clears throat> then Lawler gets up he takes his from the announce off. table. <laughs> he he yells at Austin at ringside, which is weird. He like gets he goes over, and it's like, why did he do that? I really don't understand it. Um, yeah, does that come up again? Does that matter? I don't get it. He just does something. I it's thought just, it was going to be he like comes up at ringside and then you know Undertaker tries to get rid of him and he like you know kind of gu- guillotines him on the top rope or something. I don't know. I thought it would lead to something. It leads to nothing. Leads to absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, it's strange. Um, Austin Austin gets kicked in the groin by Taker, who takes advantage of the referee it's being like too close during a donkey kick. Nuts, yeah. Yes, it's good. You see Taker doing this sort of thing. Uh, Taker has to pick up Austin, but Austin grabs Taker and hits a Stone Cold Stunner. The still the strange version without the kick first, where he just grabs it like a snapmare or something, and uh, Taker's down. And then we go to the back. Suddenly, the cameras are in the back because Vader and Bret Hart are in a pull apart brawl back there too. We see some wrestlers are trying to hold them back. We take a commercial break. Bret Hart is just raising. It's funny. Steve Austin's the one who's going around saying, "I hate this guy. I think this guy's a piece of trash. I want to kick that guy's ass." And then Bret Hart's the one who's just going around ringside, being like, "Hey, Vader." <laughs> 
Come over here, uh, you big dummy. <clears throat> dummy says what? <laughs> he goes, what? What? <laughs> dummy says what? Way to lose to Sean, that, that Texas pretty that boy. That pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, we take a rush break. We come back. Austin is trying for something from the top rope, but Taker kicks him, uh, kicks the rope to crotch Austin. He goes in for a superplex, but Austin pushes him down. He hits a Hitman-esque elbow drop from the second rope. Uh, again, JR on the show following Raw, he says, and I quote, No wimpy Robin Hood, La Femme Nikita. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Suddenly, uh, Vader runs from the back, and he gets in the ring. So I don't know if he's handled uh, Bret Hart or what, but Vader's in the ring. And the referee rings the bell immediately for a disqualification, despite Undertaker being fine and chokeslamming Vader before he can even get hurt, which is not usually how that works. You usually have to have Vader do something to damage Taker, but it's not the case. Yep. Match gets thrown out there. Um, I say thrown out. I think Taker wins by DQ uh, in the record books. Again, record keeper would know. That's why, that's why we need this um, character, the record keeper. That's it. Uh, Bret Hart runs down to the ring as well. We've got a brawl in our hands. JR says, the final four is here. And then he says, what a war. <laughs> <laughs> Raw is war. Just, just, just you wait. Time. Uh, Brett knocks Austin out of the ring. Austin heads for the back, but Brett chases after him and he grabs him by the entrance and he tra- tra- drags him back to ringside. He smacks his, his head into the stairs again. <laughs> just Austin and those stairs are best friends tonight. And, and I love JR says this is he says what a chaos, what a raw. Yeah, what a raw. Oh man, Vince. Vince asks us, one of these men will be wrestling for the WF title at WrestleMania, and we go off the air. Ah, uh, man. So, well, before we get to our bonus match, I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. I'd love to get your thoughts. And then the rating, will we use a three-tier rating on the uh, Hitman's last great year on the Smack Attic podcast? If it's a bad show, you say it's in the dungeon. If it's an eh show, you say it's in the Nightheart Zone. Or if you think it was great or even good, you give it a TBTITBTWTBTEWB. I love this. This is probably the best raw I've covered since doing this show. Uh, it's just because this angle is so strong, and they basically built the entire show around this one angle. And that's the good thing uh, with a one-hour show is that you get to just really fo- you can focus on one thing, and you know, a couple of matches in there that are you know entertaining because it's uh, it's a wrestling show, of course. But no, I, I loved it. I thought I thought this was was great. Uh, all the segments with uh, you know. Steve and Brett are, are absolute standouts to me. Yeah, they're gold. This is the first show, or the first time in months that I've looked at a show and thought, damn, how is Nitro going to beat this? They do, to be clear. But just in terms of quality, it's like, yeah, this is exciting. This is like, yeah. this is, this is to call your friends and tell them to get a VHS. So I'm going to give it the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And I think like, Will's with me on there as well. Totally. <clears throat> so that was a great episode of Raw. And so, folks, let's turn our attention to a bonus match because despite Bret Hart being – I mean, Bret Hart quit. I mean, it's the opposite of wrestling, really, is that he said he wasn't going to wrestle anymore. He comes back, he reneges, and he brawls a bunch. But um, we're talking about Bret Hart versus British Bulldog from In Your House Seasons Beatings 1995. <laughs> if you can't guess, if you can't guess, that is the December In Your House pay-per-view because it's um, a, a pun on Seasons Greetings. Seasons Beatings. I, love, I mean, it's a show that sounds like – uh, appropriately, it sounds like an ECW show uh, when they're in Pennsylvania, which is kind of fun. But that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, you know ECW nonsense that I would expect from this. ECW may or may not come up. <clears throat> yeah, and so uh, it, they will. Uh, for the context for this match, I mean Bret Hart just won the WWF Championship at Survivor Series '95, uh, a match we've covered on this podcast, which is good. And uh, you know this is considered one of the best Bret Hart matches there is, or at least you know people speak very highly of it. And Bret had some great matches against guys in his family. This is one of them, which is why 
I picked this one here. And so let's get to the match. Uh, Will, did you see any interviews beforehand? I sure, I sure did. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Matt, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, there was an event uh, a couple years ago in uh, Wembley, Wembley, old Wembley Stadium. And it was yes, Bret Hart versus uh, yeah, British Bulldog. And uh, Bulldog won uh, that night. Actually, Bret Hart had never beaten the Bulldog uh, before. So right. I don't know how he's going to beat him tonight, Matt. I think that's the predominant uh, angle we've got uh, going into this thing. That's pretty much it. Yeah, there's just they, they show a bunch of stuff from uh, SummerSlam '92. I think they a little bit later on, and uh, we got we've got uh, Diana Hart is with British Bulldog. Also, is Jim Cornette. Uh, Cornette, it seems to be just recently allied with uh, Bulldog here. <clears throat> he talks about which I, I love this. He says, you know, in only the way that Jim Cornette can. You know, Diana used to look up to Brett, but then she got a new hero in David Boy Smith when he came to Stampede res- Wrestling. <clears throat> and uh, maybe maybe David Boy was even a favorite of Stu's for all we know. And uh, and then Todd Pattengill talks to Bret Hart. He's a WWF champion, and he knows what comes to the territory here. Uh, yeah, Brett, Brett just kind of saying, like, yes, I will face him, and I will beat him. That's all he's got to say. Pretty much. David Boy Smith comes out. He is wearing the same tights he wore that day in Wembley Stadium in 1992. So there's a nice, uh, nice connection there. They really want to draw that connection to us. And beautiful so. red, white, and blue Union Jack. The white on that, those tights, Matt, will be as white as ever by the end of this match. That's it. Well, I saw somebody talk about this match online, and they were like, <laughs> "I think this is a fair, fair kind of uh, react to this." They said, "Is there like this match isn't really good before the power slam on the floor?" Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's just not much to it, right? It's like, um, I, I think that uh, yeah, like it's like Vince wishing Stu Hart a happy birthday because he just turned eighty. Uh, David Boy Smith, you know, doing a bunch of stuff to him, uh, bumping into the referee, um, you know, all those sort of things. He, he uh, Cornette hits Brett in the face with a racket, but it's just really not that much until we go outside. Yeah, and the fans get restless at one point. Uh, and is there an EC Dub chant? Hmm. I, you, you, yeah, you bet there is. Um. Yeah, and so uh, where are we? Okay, yeah, let me make sure I have my notes right here. Yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah. So Brett. Yeah. So David Boy Smith is mostly dominating. Uh, Brett does get a comeback going. Gets an inverted atomic drop. Gets a bulldog. Uh, on, on the British bulldog, which seems kind of rude as far as I'm concerned. Um. <clears throat> Insult. Brett injury. spikes. Yeah. See, he, he spikes him with a pile driver right on the head and only gets two. Good uh, Will, if you were watching a match, if you watched a match today, in the year of our Lord 2023. That's right. And a wrestler hit that pile driver on another wrestler. Is that a count of three today, do you think? Well, it depends on where we are. Uh, I mean, in WWE, maybe. Uh, I don't know. If, if it was a main event, I, I don't even think it would finish somebody off in a main event. But it's a good-looking pile driver, for sure. It should, though, right? It should. I mean, it's a, it's, absolutely should. It should. Uh, Brett gets a Russian leg sweep after the devastating move. He gets a second-row elbow. Uh, he goes for a superplex, but David Boy slift, uh, smooth. Uh, sorry, David Boy lifts him in a suplex and drops him on the ropes cross first instead. And uh, Brett falls out of the ring from there, and he gets set into the steps like Steve Austin, I guess, later on. <laughs> uh, and then David Boy Smith smacks him back, his back first into the ring post. And David Boy Smith, uh, he regroups with Jim Cornette. Uh, and where's he, when does he hit the power slam on him? Is it here or later on? The... My notes. Oh, you know, okay, no, no. Here's what it is. He power slams them on the floor, but before that, it's when they go outside the first time, which I'm about to talk about. That's when the match starts getting good, which is what I'll talk about right now. Um, 
Yeah, so D- Dave Boy Smith, he, re- he talks to Jim Cornette for a second because when we come back, <clears throat> we see Bret Hart, but more importantly, we see that underneath Bret Hart is a pool of blood. Yep. Uh, Bret Hart is busted wide open. Uh, I think the, I don't know, is, is it legend or is it confirmed, Will, that at this time, December 1995, in the World Wrestling Federation, you could not blade. Is that right? The act of running a razor across your forehead to, uh, to cause blood to spill out of it. Uh, supposedly is a uh, a, a banned uh, occurrence. Uh, judging by the way Vince talks about it on the show, uh, half in character, maybe half out of it, where he's, he's taking a lot of concerns with uh, how tight the camera is on Brett. Don't get a close-up, please. And King's like, come on, get in there. I want to see it. He's begging he's for like, it. Please don't keep the camera wide. Uh, so I know when Brett faced Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8, they got some okay. color in uh, in that match, and uh, they're able to convince uh, Vince that it was an accident. They're like, "Oh yeah, well, it's just one of those things that happens, you know." It's, it's ain't ballet. Uh, so I think at this time it is also still uh, still banned. Yeah, and that's that's funny. So yeah, I, as Brent is getting into the ring, he could claim uh, he was hard weighed by the steps, but that's not likely. There's no way it's true. Uh, the fans chant "He's hardcore," which is silly, but we are in Pennsylvania. I mean, it's it's annoying. These guys. There is there is a guy with an ECW shirt uh, on in the crowd. This is '95, and Dean Douglas is on this show. So I'm right. That's interesting. So Matt, yeah, I'm wondering when does Shane Douglas uh, turn the uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling title to the Extreme Champion? Is it after this? Or, no, it's before that. He does it in like '94, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. Right. There's all sorts of. There's also yeah. There's also. I'm sure he got. I'm sure he heard. The ECW timeline is, is is very foggy to me. I can research it more. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's a weird thing because you're like, oh, I, I would like to check that out, but you're also like, almost nothing has aged worse than ECW stuff. It seems. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just so of its time. Including the Jacks, am I right? <laughs> oh, but up and down. Yeah. So with Brett in the ring bleeding. Uh, Vince is, yeah, he's concerned about it. Uh, David Boy Smith gets a spiking pile driver on Brett's, returning the favor, and then he gets a delayed vertical suplex, and then a military press, and all three of those just get a count of two. Um, and then uh, David Boy Smith headbutts Brett's butt. That gets a count of two as well. He's a flying headbutt to the ass. That's it. Uh, this is where we see that the ring and the white of David Boy Smith's tights are getting absolutely stained with Brett's blood. Wow. It is both sick and cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean those two words are synonymous with each other, right? Yeah. I, sorry, to be clear, I don't mean the I don't mean like the the surfer guy sick. Although things are sick. <laughs> surfer guy. I mean, really, sick. it is gnarly. <laughs> it's um, tubular. Ma- ma- it, will tubular was my next go to, and I think now my question to you is: Did we go from gnarly to tubular because that is uh, Super Mario World, <laughs> Star Road? Oh man! Well, I, actually, that has to be it, right? For Brett's situation, I just think it's bloody awful. Um, oh man, it's great. We love, we love, we love it when it happens. Uh, yeah, Dave Boy Smith goes. He tries for a bow and arrow submission on Brett, but Brett rolls out and he nearly gets a sharpshooter. But British Bulldog gets out the of it. The crowd goes and, nuts. Yeah. And this is the first time Brett has had any offense at all since going for that superplex back like a while ago. Uh, so it's, you know, it's the first time that he's actually, it's, you know, that we're getting a chance to see him get there. It's a very modern kind of crowd because all the idiot dudes are chanting like, he's our car, he's our car. And uh, yeah. all the baby face stuff gets screams from the, the uh, I think, female uh, members of the audience. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, this is where um, awesome. Vince is asking people to stop the match. <laughs> and so is that a no contest or is that is that uh, British Bulldog winning? It's, it, it, I think it would mean British Bulldog deserves to win if you beat your opponent so bad that he can't continue. I mean, it would seem that way. I feel like they don't know what they're saying often when they say that, but that happens. That's right. Um, yeah, Brett, uh, Brett reverses a suplex into the ring uh, with a bridging German suplex. And it's like, man, I love to see that. I wish Brett was healthy to face some guys. I'm like, SmackDown in 2002 would be amazing. Yeah. It just seems the kind of thing that totally fit in there. Um, Brett flips Davy Boy Smith out of the ring, and he follows with a Moscato to the floor. And uh, Brett also, he does this kind of like Vader bomb. From the middle of the ropes, he's on the he's, he's climbing in the middle of the ropes, almost like you would do an acai moonsault, but instead he bounces on the middle ropes. Very poor throws strategy. Himself back, throws himself backward. Very poor strategy. He is, caught, he is caught in what we can call prime power slam <laughs> position, and Brett gets a running power slam onto the mats right there on the floor. Oy. And uh, British Bulldog walks over to the other side of the mats. He flips on the mats to expose the concrete floor, and he tries to suplex Brett onto it. But instead, Brett blocks a suplex. He drops Davy Boy Smith, crotch first, on the railing outside. They go back in. Brett's got the edge again. He hits a backbreaker on Davy Boy Smith. He falls up. He rings Davy Boy Smith's arm and he throws him into the turnbuckle. But. This is insane. <laughs> instead, is, Will is shaking his head. Is it is insane. It is insane. Instead of Dave Boy Smith like running to the turnbuckle the way you would, either with your step, like your fronts, like your Bret Hart, your back, like everybody else. Instead, ostensibly because his arm is wrung, David Boy Smith gets thrown into the corner. He flips upside down. He hits the turnbuckle with his back. He bounces off, and then he lands on his damn head. <laughs> and it's I, – I told Will – I texted him is right that, after I watched that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, this has to be it. Because I texted Will and said, at one point, I yelled watching this match. <laughs> and I, like, I ran it back. I found a clip of it to show up my wife later on. Just to be like, look at this guy. He's okay. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Well, he was okay for a couple of years. What do you mean? Oh, boy. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, it's crazy. Uh, we continue on. Like, it's no big deal. And Brent hits Dave Boy Smith with a big sewerplex. Uh, he barely rolls on to the British Bulldog. And he gets a count of two. Uh David Boy Smith bounces off the ropes with Brett. He gets a roll up, and Brett keeps rolling. He kind of grounds David Boy Smith's tights for two. Might be cheating, maybe not. Well, that was the that was the, wasn't that the the pin? That was like the uh, same pin as '92, or a very similar one actually. It's similar. Yeah, yeah, I think it's supposed to evoke it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so British Bulldog tosses Brett into the corner. He runs after him, but Brett gets his boot up, and uh, David Boy Smith gets kicked into the next week. Right when he t- runs into this boot. I mean, I've never seen a guy run into a boot harder than David Boy Smith does here. Yeah, it was like. Uh, you know, Goldberg uh, throwing a kick or something, you know? Oh, wow. Do not, Will. I, we have to, I think we have to invoke the G word on this podcast. In honor of the hitman. I think when you bring him up, we can, we either have to ignore it or censor it. Or maybe I just said to be like, that guy was unsafe. He was terrible. And I hate him. I had to say that to be a jerk. But it is funny how Brett, a couple months ago, said, I would have liked to work with Brock Lesnar. He seems like he's safe. Not like Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Brett. Brett's he's he's like, look, I made good with Vince, so I have to have I have to hold on to something. Uh, I have to be mad about this. It's too damn funny. Uh, one of the points during this uh, kind of like pin exchange, Bulldog just like dives right over Brett's head. I think it's when he gets the first roll up. <laughs> he right, right over his head. Oh, that's great. So, David Boy Smith, he got hit by this boot from Brett, and so he's on the mat. He's super dazed, really. And so Brett grabs David Boy Smith's arm. 
He does a very intentional and very smart La Mashi style cradle. Yeah. He rolls David Boy Smith up with it. We see him lock his arms together to keep him especially tucked away, and he gets the one, the two, and the three. I mean, and I watch this roll up like five times. <laughs> That's six. Stars I just went back right and there. watched it. It's six stars for a La Maggi Straw finish. Are you kidding me? It's so good. It's awesome. it's, I loved it. <laughs> These guys are killing each other, and then Brett uses this very smart, this very intricate technical move, and he wins on this roll up, and it's just like I mean, obviously. This this gets the the TBT ITB etc. rating, uh, and it's just great. I mean, oh, it, the finish is worth <laughs> it. I mean, I thought the, before Brett's first comeback, the match is just kind of okay, uh, and then when Brett gets crossed from the Super Bucks attempt, it's a top tier match, one of the best you'll ever see, and one that I was absolutely thrilled to watch. It, it was it was uh, really quite incredible. I was like, is Davey that good? And I watched this and I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. And 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 <laughs> I mean, Brett's obviously just exemplary, but. You know, it's interesting for a guy who had a, a, a submission for a finish. Uh, he had a lot of matches that ended in pinning combinations. I think the yeah. Owen Hart match at WrestleMania of, uh, ten was a pin uh, that you just couldn't get out of the Roddy Roddy Piper, Piper in the affirmation. Yep, yeah, hundred uh, percent. The Bulldog ninety two match, Austin. Yeah, uh, ninety six specifically. Oh, Survivor Series ninety six. That's right. Yeah, uh, you know, just just wrap these guys up uh, in, in pinning combinations again. Brett, amateur wrestler, amateur champion in uh, in Calgary. Uh, but I just love it. I just like. <laughs> This is a Chris La Magistral cradle. I was like, this is, and the, yeah, there's no way he's gonna get out of that. Uh, oh yeah, he's gonna be perfectly locked in, no matter how strong Bulldog is. But it was amazing. I loved it. It reminds me. It's it's it reminds me a little bit of the great finish of the very first Kurt Angle John Cena match, where Kurt Angle does the little roll upy thing on John Cena, and when you watch it, it you you it's this it's it, shades of amateur wrestling as well, and you're like, well. I, I, the, of course he couldn't get out of that. It's like the the, the tightest, crispest little like version of a backslide you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, and uh, similar here. Yeah, totally. No, and I and I gave it the same score, Matt. Uh, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. It's really quite an amazing match. I yeah, it. amazing. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Great. And just I I feel very frightened after we covered the. Uh, the, the the triple threat tag team war game match and a uh, a bonus match recently and that match is bad. Hey man, uh, can I ask uh, you some questions about that? Well, I mean, there's only questions about that match. There are no answers. There's just questions. What the, heck? the biggest question is just why do that? What the hell was that? Uh, I'm excited to. <laughs> you get just listen to the podcast. We we dig it. We get we dig all we cool. dig all the way. I watched and, it. I couldn't believe what I saw. Folks, the next show we're gonna dig all the way in on is is one I'm excited about because. When we're talking about the Hitman's last great year, we're talking about Monday Night Raw, we're talking about pay-per-views, but we also get to talk about other things because there's all sorts of offerings on the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation at this time. Saturday morning super none, Sunday morning superstars. That's it. Yeah. But almost none are more curious than the odd little unicorn that is Shotgun Saturday Night. And we are covering Shotgun Saturday Night from January 25th, 1997. If you want to watch it with us, you're not going to find it on Peacock. It's not on the WWE Network. Uh, you got to go on YouTube. You're going to search for Shotgun Saturday Night. You're going to look for the January 25th, 1987 one. You'll find it. <clears throat> and we do not have a bonus match because Bret Hart opens a show, and it's Bret Hart wrestling in a nightclub, baby. <laughs> I'm excited about it. <clears throat> so, folks, thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate you guys being with us. You can follow us. We are Smack Attic Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. For weeks, it's been unclear if that what our handle is. It is now confirmed. We are Smack Attic Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. 
We encourage you to share the show with a friend. If you think they'll love it, uh, and why would they not love it? Because they didn't listen to wrestling podcasts. But you kind of insane for you to recommend a wrestling podcast to a friend who doesn't watch wrestling. I appreciate it all the same. I think it's a great piece of uh, programming we put together here. Uh, yeah, you can also review us on Apple Podcasts. It always helps with the visibility. And you can also join me however you want to do that. I guess spiritually, in thanking Will for joining me today. Thank you, buddy, for being here. Matt, thank you for allowing me on the show. I had a great time this week. A great episode of Rock. Great match. Uh, featuring our guy, and uh, I'm excited to watch uh, more uh, and use this as a uh, as a means to uh, explore the the oeuvre of uh, one Mr. Brett, uh, some call him the Hitman Heart. Uh, look forward to more. So thank you. That's right, and folks, I just want to encourage you that wherever you are in life, you are facing a problem. I encourage you to kick that, pro- that problem very hard in the face, and then intentionally do a lot of magic stroke cradle. Get the one, two, three. And we'll see you next time.